Good evening and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudy, coming to you live from the studios of AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And simulcast live from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and all across the world. Just go to our YouTube channel, GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Well, if you're stuck in the middle with me this week, you can see a lot of extremism going on all the way around. It looks like Bernie Sanders is going to run away with the nomination on the Democratic side, much to the chagrin of the party elites. Very much like a man ran away with it, much to the chagrin of his party four years earlier. So it looks like it's going to be the battle of the outsiders coming up soon, unless somebody can stop the Bernie train, which I don't think is going to happen. In the studio today, we have Kenosha County District Attorney Michael Gravely, and we're going to be talking about the, um, the opioid ec- epidemic in, uh, in the country as well as in the state and things that have been done to uh, make the problem better. We're going to talk human trafficking. We're going to talk about the state of crime in Kenosha County. And then when we're all done, we're going to have a lot of fun with musical guest Kyle Young. So hang on. Should be a fun ride. Check, check, check. Are we on the air live? We're live. Whoa, okay. Once again, another stellar beginning. I don't know where you're going stellar with Stellar beginning. Do you want to go right back but to the... You know, the, be- the best, though, is right before we came on when I heard we were getting seven inches of snow and then realized that that was last Tuesday's forecast. No, that's so. coming up this Tuesday. Coming up this, this Tuesday. Yeah, he was putting out the weather alert. So we are going to have seven inches of snow on Tuesday. It's just, It was a watch. It's a watch. It's a watch. So I guess we just watch and see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, the man with the plan, Mr. Jim Selovich here, my co-host and wonderful producer. And, uh, no, I was uh, just letting you know that I was riding off into the sunset on that one. Oh, okay, Jay, you want to go straight? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay. uh, Well, we'll just gab for a second, and we'll go to a break, and then we'll come back. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your weekend. What would you do? Uh, As you know, we saw Misbehaving Saturday night. You did? Or Friday night. Oh, my God. I don't even know what night it was. I was watching you watch good times. Oh, it was fun. Yes. It was a fun night. It was a fun night. Yeah, and it was definitely a lot of fun to watch. And Uh, then then yesterday I did laundry, and then, yeah, I I have some... Such an exciting life. Laundry. That's exciting. Uh, laundry. And then I uh, had rehearsals today for uh, 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 Death of a Streetcar Named Virginia Wolf that opens March 6th at the Rhodey Center for the Arts. I can't wait to come watch and laugh. I hear, yeah, it's, a, I hear uh, it's a fantastic show. I'm really funny getting show. into character. I'm playing Willie Loman. So um, I'm really getting into my character. And uh, today we had our first uh, uh, costume rehearsal. Really? You get some pictures taken. What's your today. costume look like? You'll wait and see. So that's why you shave the yeah, old they, beard off, huh? That's why I shave the beard off. I was starting to like the beard. You kind of had that, uh, you know, that... that Old Dos, man look? That Dos Equis commercial look going oh, on. Oh, you know, some, yeah. yeah. I don't normally drink, but when I do, it's Dos Equis. It's that's Dos Equis. That, yeah, exactly. The world's most interesting man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. <laughs> well, you're kind of like the world's most interesting man. Uh, it's interesting, all right. Yeah. My life, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as you can see, my voice is a little, little rough today. Yeah, you've been yelling or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Willie has, uh, Willie Loman is very loud in this play. So that misbehaving show, though, on Friday night. Oh, well, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. That, that that woman blows me away. We've had such good musical mm-hmm. guests here the last couple of weeks. And, of course, we're going to have Kyle Young on tonight. And mm-hmm. he, I watched him perform a couple of weeks ago as well. And He's what, amazing. 
what what a great these performer. kids these days, you know. Kids these days, they play that music. They it's play good. the music and they get it out there everywhere. They're playing instruments. I love it. It is high time we see you know young musicians playing instruments again uh, that don't include mm-hmm. auto tune and a computer. Absolutely. So it, it, it's very nice to see that. And of course, that guitarist. Uh, why can't I think of his name? I know you're you're going to jog my memory. Oscar. Oscar. It was supposed to be Oscar's going away party, but instead he's he's sticking, sticking around with misbehaving. And so. I'd stick I'd stick around with her if I was him too, because I think they're all going to go places together. It, absolutely, absolutely. So after the break here, we're going to have uh, District Attorney Michael Gravely in, and uh, he's going to uh, impart some of his wisdom upon us. And uh, then after that, we'll uh, bring in Kyle Young and uh, jam away for the rest of the night. All right. Back after the break. And we're back here in the studio. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph, your host, Ralph Nudie, and with co-host Jim Selovich. Music, music this week. I was just going to ask, what is what is the theme? Last uh, last week was uh, one of the top 20 hits on the Billboard charts from 1980. Yes. We went back five more years. This is 1975. 1975. Huh? Oh. Ron said was on the... I distinctly remember this song, and I don't know how. I was only three years old, but I remember singing along to the radio with it. Oh, I remember it. Running on Mom and Dad's braided rug uh, about a block away from St. Joe's High School. All right. So in the off- er, office... Sorry. I got to switch modes right now from work mode to other work mode. In the studio with me this evening... I have Kenosha County District Attorney Michael Gravely. Now, I had the pleasure of coming across Mr. Gravely for the first time in a courtroom. And no, I was not a defendant. Uh, I did get selected as a juror. And I was very impressed with the case that Mr. Gravely had tried that day. Uh, I still remember the name of the defendant was Dante Davis. And somehow I ended up being the foreperson of that jury. And uh, it was... It was a fun and interesting case to be a juror on, and you normally don't hear that. People enjoy jury duty. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. Maybe I'm a little bit twisted. I think you do have to be twisted to come on the radio in the first place. But at any rate, uh, I came across Mr. Gravely trying a case, and a couple of years later, he became the district attorney, and through a mutual friend, uh, I'd invited him to come on my Rolling with Ralph series in which I kidnapped him and took him for a drive in my car, uh, all across the uh, city of Kenosha, and we, we got to talk uh, Kenosha, we got to talk politics, we got to talk a little bit of everything. And if you want to check out the video, it's a fun, lighthearted video, you can see it on my Facebook page, that's facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie, and I actually posted it for today's show link, so you can take a look at that as well. Uh, but we have uh, Mr. Gravely here in the office, again, here in the studio, isn't that funny? Office studio. Yeah, I, mo- I do most of my work in the office, so you know maybe that was maybe that's what you're thinking. It must be what I'm thinking. But uh, I have here in the studio with me, Mr. Gravely. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, thank you for, so much for having me, Ralph. By the way, you do have a voice for radio now that you're uh, up close to the microphone. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so uh, you know, if, if if law doesn't work out for you, you know, radio might be a might be a might be a good second. Uh, second profession. You never know. Yeah. Although based on the ten minutes I've watched, it looks like hard work. So. Everything is hard work, everything. But uh, being district attorney is definitely ha- definitely has to top the list of uh, 
overworked and underpaid professions because when you're in public service, you're never really getting compensated the same level as you would uh, for doing the same job in the private sector, as we know. And you have an important job handling some important cases. And so all, all the fun and games aside, and, and we've had a lot of them and hopefully we'll have more of them, uh, you have had the responsibility for presiding over the prosecution of some pretty tough cases, uh, especially over the past year. And uh, you have taken responsibility for some significant problems in the community and, and trying to make them better. And uh, one of them that we had talked about when uh, we had our Rolling with Ralph series was the uh, opioid epidemic that has been going on not only in the country but in our community. And uh, I believe I saw a recent report that the, um, the opioid deaths are down in Kenosha County. Yeah, that's right. You know, about uh, four years ago when I took office, I really made it a mission to uh, talk to Kenosha about uh, the opioid crisis on a local level. Um, We were having, uh, for the four years before I took office, we had had more than 50 people die a year of opioid uh, overdoses in our community. Uh, And uh, so, you know, we went around to all the different service groups. We talked to all the different media outlets we could. We really spoke to everybody we could about the dimensions of that crisis. And I'm here today um, able to tell you that uh, this year, 2018, I mean, 19, it looks like we're going to have just a little over 30 deaths. So um, in the last two years, we've reduced the number of overdose deaths annually by about 45%. That is a pretty significant cut. It really is. And if you compare it to the state of Wisconsin, uh, they've had a reduction too, but it's about a 3% reduction. And nationally, there's a 0.3% reduction. So uh, we really have done something dramatic in Kenosha County in comparison to both the state and the federal level. Now, what would you, what would you attribute that reduction to? What are, what are some of the initiatives that, uh, that you've headed up as, as prosecutor that you think directly related to that? Well, of course, my office is just a partner with other entities. Uh, but what we've done is uh, we've, uh, as, a, as a county, we've really championed the use of Narcan. There's a grant that Kenosha County has. Narcan's a life-saving drug that revives people who are overdosing from opioids. Um, and that uh, Narcan grant has caused Narcan to be in the hands of all sorts of individuals, all sorts of offices. I had my office staff trained in the use of Narcan, so we have it at every one of our uh, desks now. Uh, and there's a lot of private saves of lives that are happening with Narcan. Our emergency personnel in this county are equipped with Narcan and are making a lot of saves. So uh, Narcan's a huge part of it, but we're also diverting a lot of people and giving them treatment at an earlier stage. Uh, the DA's office is uh, actually taking people who are arrested for possession of opioids out of the jail, offering them a treatment alternative, and uh, allowing them to do that in lieu of a criminal charge. Uh, additionally, when we have an overdose death in Kenosha, Law enforcement and the DA's office is treating that like a homicide, and so we've put a half a dozen people in prison who provided drugs and profited from individuals who died of overdose deaths. And so uh, we've tried to do both things, offer more treatment, but also offer tougher penalties for those who deal. That's such an important thing to go after, I think, both sides. You have to go in any sort of criminal enterprise. You have to not only target the supply, but you have to target the demand. And if you don't do both simultaneously, if you have a demand that's high enough, there's always going to be somebody willing to risk prison, willing to risk life and limb to engage in the supply side because it's lucrative and it's profitable. And on the other end, if uh, you have people who are willing to do that, 
the supply, especially in the case of opioids, almost almost further creates the demand. And I can see where that can be a vicious cycle. So it seems that the only way you could really attack something like that is what you're talking about, handling both sides. Where, where can people get more information? Where can people lead other people to to get education, not only on opioids and opioid abuse, but also on the use of uh, Narcan? And, and how do they get it in their hands if they think they're in a situation where they're going to come across people on a regular basis that could uh, have a uh, opioid problem? So um, there are a number of people now who provide uh, Narcan free if you uh, receive training. And so uh, we have a, a, an AIDS education center here in Kenosha that does that. Uh, our county health department uh, is willing to do that. Uh, there's also an opioid task force that Kenosha County has that has a website and a contact number. Those would be the three places I would go. But also feel free to contact the Kenosha District Attorney's Office. We'll put you in touch if you have a family member or somebody you care about who you think uh, needs Narcan in their possession to be sure lives are preserved, you know, we're happy to help connect you as well. Now, you said that all of the first responders are now trained with and carry Narcan. That includes the police department? So it doesn't, con- it doesn't include the Kenosha Police Department, but all other agencies. And I think the reason the Kenosha Police Department doesn't do it is because the response time of our 911 fire department uh, folks is, is so parallel to the police department. But in every other um, agency, uh, law enforcement is carrying Narcan right now in, in any place where the response time might be different than their fire department. Well, that, that's a huge credit. I, I see so many communities taking this approach of, of tolerance of drug use. Of you, know, you look on the West Coast in some cities where they're trying to provide addicts a safe place to use their drug. Uh, of choice uh, and and provide them more needles and basically provide them more means to actually in, indulge in opioids, which I never thought was it was going to be a solution in any way, shape, or form. To me, it seems like it's going to to feed the problem greater. And and I always question well-intentioned people, well-intentioned elected officials, especially who are who are entrusted with with looking out for the community's safety when they make judgment calls like that. And, and it's nice to see that that hasn't really taken hold here because the approach that you're taking seems to be working so much better. And you can look right at what's going on here and look at what's going on in other communities where they use that approach. And you can see the difference, obviously, with a reduction that is beating the, the national reduction by a lot. Because what you just said is the, the, at the, on the national level, we're pretty much on par. Nothing's changed. And yet in this community, you're seeing a 40 plus percent reduction in opioid deaths from one year to the other. Do you know how many cases there are of first responders using Narcan uh, to stop these deaths? And is that a big piece? Is that the biggest piece of it or is the biggest piece of it that there are less overdoses to begin with? Well, I, I, my guess is that the biggest piece are private saves, private individuals who save individuals with Narcan. And so we don't have a good handle on what the number is for that. Um, but, um, you know, I can tell you that at the point where I last looked at public saves, saves by um, emergency personnel, fire departments, police departments, um, it was approximately double the number of overdose deaths. So uh, clearly we're, we're almost certainly have more than 100 public saves a year right now. And then we probably have a, a number of uh, even a larger number of private saves where people have Narcan in their residence and use it with, a, with somebody who's a friend or a acquaintance. Now, what's your vision for for the future with with this initiative? What what do you think can be done further by the community, whether it be the district attorney's office, which is very limited because your job is literally to prosecute crimes after they've already happened. 
uh, more so than it is crime prevention. So it, it's a huge credit that you're, you're engaged in prevention when that's not even the main mission of your office. But what do you think we can do as a community to, to bring the number down even further from 30 to zero or less than 10? Well, the key piece for me is that people need to be encouraged to seek treatment at the earliest possible stage. Uh, you know, that involves family and friends and people having real honest discussions with people they care about. Um, and for me, the, the progress we still need to make is uh, the fact that uh, the use of opioids and abuse of opioids is, is such a significant stigma uh, in the community still, and yet it's touched uh, almost all families now. All communities are touched by this crisis, and, and yet um, you know, we have some, some beliefs still um, in a lot, with a lot of people that this is a, a problem we need to hide away. You know, the, the vast majority of people who are new heroin addicts come to it from prescription pain pills. And Correct. so, you know, it's not the old vision we have of a person with a needle in their, you know, in their, uh, in their arm uh, where they went through every other gateway drug first, you know, the old uh, model we used to hear about. And so, you know, we need to, to, to figure out a way to not stigmatize people, understand these are people we care about, and we need to seek treatment for them even before they reach the criminal justice system. You bring up prescriptions as probably, I would say, the biggest gateway to opioid abuse in this day and age. And I personally have an extended, not an immediate family member, but an extended family member who had absolutely no criminal record, no criminal history, no history of drug use, and yet she found herself going from prescription drugs to a, to a heroin addiction inside of a year yeah. and ended up, ended up as a result of her actions as a result of that spending some time in prison. Yeah. And when she came back, of course, she needed help finding employment. She needed help getting plugged back into the community. And, and she called me, and I was able to make some phone calls and, and, and help her get that help. And now she's going out and, and speaking to people about it. Do you think the medical community is, is becoming finally more aware of the situation and doing a better job of not overprescribing? Yeah, so the statistics are four of every five new heroin addicts started with prescription pills. So what your experience is is really statistically uh, completely true. And um, certainly the medical profession has, in the last uh, three to five years, begun to change. You know, in 2012, the United States um, had doctors prescribe more than 280 million bottles of opioid pills. Um, in the United States, we're 4.6% uh, of the world's population. We use 80% of the world's opioids in this country. And I can't believe that Americans are just in that much more pain than the rest of the world. That's right. Uh, and we, we now consume, uh, in a 20-year period, um, when this became popularized by the medical profession and certainly the pharmaceutical companies and, and the medical profession made a lot of money uh, with the change of the medical model to prescribing opioids as, as, as freely as they did. Um, you know, we, uh, we guzzled six times more opioids per person than we had 20 years ago. So that, you know, it took 20 years, one generation. We changed the whole model of pain management. We basically decided as a country, based on our medical advice, we were going to be pain-free for the rest of our lives. No prior generation has ever expected to leave a doctor's office pain-free. Uh, we always expected to still have pain. You know, when we had illnesses, when we had injuries, we expected to still have pain. This is the first generation that ever tried to medicate its way out of that, and it's had severe consequences. That's a really important distinction that you've made there. And, and, and I like what you said, that people are expecting to leave 
their doctor pain-free and that that's an unrealistic expectation. I, I believe overall we've, we're raising an entire generation of unrealistic expectations. I think that we've raised a generation of, of pain-free all the way around, whether it be free from emotional pain, free from physical pain, free from the, the, the struggle, I guess. You have 25-year-olds, you, you have 30-year-olds living with mom and dad because they just don't want to go through the struggle of having six roommates and working three jobs in order to, uh, to, to make it on their own and, and get their start in life. And and I feel that that's been a cultural trend that probably went too far. Do you see the Do you see the trend going back the other way anytime soon? Overall, well, I mean, I think the reality is that um, I know it's off topic. Yeah, I, I think the reality is that people um, need to um, t- to turn back the clock and to take more responsibility for their own lives in all sorts of ways. You know that you know we we live in a sort of immediate gratification kind of world you know our phones can get us entertainment in a split second and you know th- there are a lot of symptoms of what you've just described that i think you know show up all over society and certainly show up in the criminal justice system um and and frankly you know to manage uh, the difficulties of the world uh, people need to develop some survival skills and some resilience and and you know, we and and that is a part of the cultural change that's going to have to happen. I, I can definitely appreciate that. I, um, as you know, am very involved in the subject of and in the cause of human trafficking and specifically child trafficking, which we'll get into a little more. But I've had several guests on my show over the past year to talk about human trafficking, and I was surprised when I first started digging into the subject how pervasive it was in southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, I had a statistic from a uh, retired law enforcement officer who was on the show, and and I looked it up and verified and ended up being true. And I can't remember the year, whether it was 2016 or 2017, but it it wasn't 18 or 19. But it was either 16 or 17 when they did the statistics. Uh, The federal government spent more money on uh, human trafficking enforcement in the I-94 corridor between Chicago and Milwaukee than any other area in the country. And I was surprised to see that and know that at the time. Now it doesn't surprise me anymore because I understand what, what's going on with the problem. But a couple of weeks ago, the Lake County Sheriff's Department had a pretty big bust uh, in Lake County. And a couple of the uh, men who were seeing prostitutes were, were, were Kenosha County residents. And it was I, w- I was happy to hear that because I'd had Brian Style on before and we were talking about his new human trafficking legislation. And the question that I posed to him at the time is, what are we doing about the demand? Because we're always talking about the supply. We're always talking about going after the traffickers, and, and we need to do that. But again, just like the opioid crisis that we talked about when it comes to human trafficking, the demand drives the, uh, the, demand drives the crime. People get into crime because it's, not because they want to be in crime because it's fun and not because they want to go shoot people and, 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 and live their life like in the movies. But they, they go into a life of crime because they, they see it's very lucrative and they can make a lot of money in a very short period of time, and they, they couldn't do that if the supply wasn't there. So with that being said, do you know of any initiatives in the southeastern Wisconsin area where law enforcement agencies are dedicated to going after the demand side of prostitution? And what can we do to educate people more? Because I think a lot of these so-called Johns don't even realize what they're doing. I don't think they realize these women are being victimized. They just think that it's two consenting adults making an exchange of money for activity. Uh, so I know it's a long-winded question, but uh, h- how do you see that getting tackled in southeastern Wisconsin? 
So uh, Kenosha is a part of a couple of southeastern Wisconsin task forces that are sort of led by the federal government where uh, they're, they're both trying to identify uh, traffickers and also um, trying to talk uh, about uh, apprehending customers. So, so that is being done as a law enforcement initiative. And those are done, uh, those are done uh, three or four times a year, and they try to do you know, multiple aspects of those. And many of those are held in, in hotel rooms on the interstate, you know, in the corridor that you're speaking of. Um, and then um, from my perspective, the other major thing that has to happen is uh, we just need to continue to be really diligent in all respects, both law enforcement and the media, in, in talking about the dimensions of this crisis as you did, which is um, that uh, what, you know, what old school folks might have thought was, uh, seemed like a fairly harmless crime actually is a highly victimizing crime. And that we really live in a place that is really one of the epicenters uh, of that because of this I-94 corridor and the, the border status of Kenosha between uh, two major cities. You know, we are really at the epicenter of this. And, you know, frankly, um, my education on that has really been enhanced by this Crystal Kaiser case where some individuals have really um, taken it upon themselves to be sure that uh, – that I knew about all the dimensions of our particular spot on the map in terms of human trafficking. We are going to we're going to go to a break, and when we come back from the break, I do want to expand on this. I want to expand on the Crystal Kaiser case, and I also want to expand a little more on the supply side and the trafficking aspect of it because I, I have had some parents in the studio whose daughter was trafficked, and I, I think it's helpful for our listeners uh, to reiterate some of the things that that. I learned as a host from them that I'm, I'm certain you already know, but our listeners don't know, so we can expand on that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the local human trafficking problem and uh, how to handle it with Kenosha County District Attorney Michael Gravely after this break. And we're back here in the studio, AM 1050 WLIP, Get Real with Ralph. This is your host, Ralph Nudy, in with my co-host, Jim Selovich, and Kenosha County District Attorney, Mike Gravely. And we are currently covering the topic of human trafficking. And uh, we left off talking about going after the demand, and you had talked about some of the things that are going on in the Kenosha County area to do that, including setting up sting operations in local hotels, very similar to the one that just happened in Lake County. Uh, I want to touch a little bit on on the trafficking issue uh, in in general. We we had a guest on our show um, back in August, and as a matter of fact, her and her husband came and they volunteered at our Songs of Freedom Music Festival after they they came on the air and talked about it. They're they're involved with Operation Underground Railroad as well, which is a a group of former military and former law enforcement that go in and physically rescue children that have been trafficked all over the world. And they told us the heartbreaking story of their daughter who at 18, so she was an adult, was sucked into trafficking in a matter of a day or two. This was a, this was a, 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 good, a good girl, I guess you could say. You know, she was a good child, good student, wasn't ever in any real trouble, went to a couple of graduation parties. And in one of those parties, she was, she was drugged against her will. And after she was drugged against her will... She was immediately trafficked for a number of days and then through what I would call psychological torture was really led to believe that nobody was going to want her or love her anymore after the things that she had done. And she was 
basically convinced that she had done all these things of her own um of, of her own desire and that she was broken and they went through this this process of breaking the this young woman down mentally over a series of days weeks months they would they would literally the traffickers would bring the daughter back to her home so that she could go recover for a couple of days, steal some things from her parents, and go back to them. She was she was not the same person. And it took a very long time for them to get their daughter far enough away from that where they could get her really the help she needed at a safe house, very similar to the one that they're getting ready to open here in Kenosha, the, the, the Sela house. And she, to this day has to live in undisclosed locations because they're afraid that if her traffickers come in contact with her, they'll be able to manipulate her still, even after all of this time. And it was a hard story for me to hear because I had already been a, uh, an advocate for children and, and child trafficking, but I hadn't really thought through the, the, the epidemic of adult and, and older children and young adult human trafficking where this manipulation is going on. And what I... What I learned in that interview with them and subsequent to that interview with them is that the laws really haven't caught up with the problem. And I say that because they would have photographs of their daughter online on various websites that she was being trafficked on. And they were in groups and chat groups where they would share photos and figure out what hotels she was in. They literally would know exactly what hotel she was in and alert the police, and the police would would consistently tell the parents there was nothing they could do about the situation because they didn't know exactly what room she was in. They didn't know for sure it, who was selling her and who was buying her. And so they would get literally feet from their daughter, 100 feet away from where their daughter is sitting in a parking lot and have no way of telling exactly where she was or, or being able to, to rescue her. And then by the next day or the day after that, that post would disappear on the Internet and a different one would pop up and she'd be somewhere else in a different city. So I, I, I wanted to kind of tell that backstory before I brought you into this because it, it's such a heartbreaking issue. And I wonder how do we get how do we get prosecutors, law enforcement and legislators all together to to get our legislation, to get our laws caught up with what's going on uh, technologically and what's going on tactically with these traffickers so that we can do a better job of, of, of keeping our, our young women and, and middle-aged women and, you know, and older women, because it's not just young women and it's, it's, it's men to a lesser extent, but how do we keep people safe? Because right now as a society, we're we're kind of failing on the subject of human trafficking as a whole. Uh, And that's not reflective of Kenosha County. Uh, It's reflective of just the way the world is changing. And so I I really wanted to hear your thoughts on that. And then, of course, I wanted to kind of go into the uh, Crystal Kaiser case because I know you've received a lot of criticism for it. I think probably, you know, it's unearned criticism. And and, and I kind of wanted to expand on that as well. Well, I mean, I I think we have to acknowledge that – we as a state and and even we as Kenosha County have been woefully inadequate at dealing with the crisis we have on the interstate with with human trafficking you know the your and Ralph you've identified very accurately the challenges here which are um you know what do you do when a person is not in a psychological place uh where the victim is able to be cooperative you know uh and it, and and how do you 
Uh, how do you proceed without things like search warrants? Uh, and how do you get a search warrant in a situation where you don't even know exactly what you're approaching? So the, the law enforcement pieces in, in terms of what the law, the structure of the law is and the preservation of rights for folks um, who we suspect are committing crimes, but we don't know exactly where that is happening and what's happening, and uh, the rights of, uh, uh, of individuals and the technological uh, challenges that you identified. You know, these are folks, uh, these traffickers understand that they need to be on the cutting edge of technology because law enforcement will not be most of the time. And so uh, we've traditionally been behind uh, in these things, and the, the story you just told is a heartbreaking story of both the law and technology being behind. And, you know, frankly, um, we need to devote the kind of resources, both legal resources and technological resources, uh, to fight this on equal footing. And, you know, that means that uh, you need to uh, have uh, it be a crime to use hotel rooms for these purposes. And you need to uh, force hotels to be able to provide access to uh, certain information. And you need to uh, you, you need to be sure you have havens where uh, victims, uh, when uh, they're identified and when they're found in these locations, can be in a safe place where they might be able to be cooperative. And, you know, Kenosha, for the first time, is going to have a haven like that, a safe, a safe house. Uh, and I'm hopeful that that's going to improve our ability as a county to, to combat this problem. But, you know, I, I think we need to admit that um, the job has not been done well enough yet. And uh, I, I really think that uh, we need to recommit ourselves and, and fully commit ourselves to, be, to attack this problem in all respects. What types of things do you think we can ask our local legislators for at the state level to give you more tools to do that? Uh, for example, in the war on drugs... After a while, finally, they passed laws where if you had a if you had a car that was was bought with drug money, the government could confiscate the car. Uh, for example, hotels. If hotels know this is going on, do you think that having a law where the entire hotel is shut down, completely shut down, loses its license for ninety days, not allowed to operate, things like that, heavy, heavy economic sanctions, heavy economic penalties for anybody involved? If you're driving your car and you go pick up a, a prostitute, your car gets seized. Do you think that these are things that w- would would make a bigger impact? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the the use of technology to advertise uh, f- by a third party needs to be a needs to have a severe criminal uh, penalty. You well, know? the federal government came in and they shut down Backpage. Right. But within days, new sites popped up. Exactly. And uh, I'm not, I, I won't dignify by naming the sites here. I know what they are because I, I, I've done right. the research. Right. But the sites pop up, and as soon as they right. get shut down, another new one pops up. Right. And then even stuff as simple as Facebook or Craigslist are being used by using veiled terms to try and, and, and skirt the issue. And, and, you know, you have to have cross-jurisdictional laws as well. So you have to have Kenosha be able to do things in Racine. You have to have uh, agencies uh, be not only encouraged but required to work together on these things. You have to have agencies like the Kenosha Police Department and all other law enforcement uh, be required uh, by uh, the leaders to assign people to these task forces who are the right people. You know, um, the way you commit to um, investigating these things right is you put some of your best people on them. You know, th- so those are the kind of things that have to happen. There have to be more partnerships, and there has to be more of a priority, and then you have to have the legal tools that allow you to do that, much as, the, much as we uh, provided on the war on drugs. Now, we covered the case of Centoya uh, Brown, uh, a while back, Centoya Brown was a woman who was a, a she was a victim of, of trafficking, but then 
she had gotten involved with one particular client who was a real estate agent. She she did brutally murder uh, her, I guess you could say John for lack of a better term, and she ended up serving about 14 years of a life sentence before she was granted clemency. And as I read the case, it, it struck me in a, in a couple of different ways, and one of them was how young she was when this happened. And you think of the mind of a 14, 15, 16-year-old and their ability to make a, a rational decision to begin with and whether or not a life sentence would have been the appropriate sentence. And I do agree that just because you're a victim doesn't mean the right thing to do, even though you don't know any better, is to completely take the law into your own hands and, and, and start committing executions. Because if you allow that, you're going to allow chaos to in, ensue in, in a community or in a society. So having consequences are important, but a life sentence probably wasn't the appropriate consequence for her. And, you know, as we pivot from that case to, to Kenosha, of course, now you're, you're facing a case that looks very similar on its face. Uh, the case of uh, Crystal Kaiser, who I believe was a Milwaukee uh, resident, Milwaukee teen who had been coming down to Kenosha uh, I'm assuming presumably she had been sold online and the person in Kenosha was the was the customer or was somehow involved. And I know that you can't comment a lot on the details of the case because it's an active case, but you can comment on, on the situation at large and um, maybe kind of dispel some of the criticism that's come your way. And I know you'll be able to dispel the rest of it after the case comes to a conclusion. But uh, what, what can you say about that now? Well, I mean, I, I can say that um, I, I think that the debate um, overall is healthy. Um, you know, we um, you know, the, the two prongs of, of what's been expressed to me um, by folks who, who want, um, you know, uh, Crystal Kaiser to not be charged with homicide um, are, one, um, that human trafficking um, is something that um, uh, traumatizes in a profound way and that should be taken into account. And, and second, that um, uh, African-American uh, women um, have been devalued in the criminal justice system. And so, um, and, and both of those two points are real and they're important and they're things that um, I think are absolutely worthy of debate and discussion. And so I think they're really important things. Um, the specific facts of this Crystal Kaiser case um, allow people to have that debate um, but those facts may not be all of the factors that are necessary for a person in my position to consider. Uh, and so, um, you know, w we live in a, a very challenging uh, social media world, and uh, this Crystal Kaiser case has had a lot of aspects there. Um, people are, uh, most of the news people consume on their social media is, uh, is one-sided, it's highly opinionated, and it does not have all the facts. And um, and so it's possible that much of the Crystal Kaiser information that's out there is, um, is not uh, the full presentation of the facts. Um, in this case, we have the advantage that there will be a day where those facts are fully presented, and that'll be at a jury trial. Uh, and so a jury of, uh, of good citizens uh, will have a chance to hear all of the facts. They'll hear uh, the facts that I'm aware of that haven't been shared in public yet, um, and they'll, they'll have a chance to hear all the facts from the defense attorneys. And, and that jury will have a chance fully informed to make a decision about whether these charges are appropriate. Uh, and so, you know, I, I just ask people's patience uh, that uh, they wait, uh, understanding that in the social media environment, one doesn't get all the facts that maybe you always need to make uh, a final decision. And, 
Uh, if people are patient, uh, I really believe a jury will have a chance to decide this case. And, and, and to, your, to your comments on social media creating a firestorm, social media gets it wrong so often. The, uh, it, it becomes a mob mentality, but it's just mobbed by typewriter instead of mobbed by pitchfork, which I'm thankful for. Typewriter is a lot less dangerous than a pitchfork. Uh, but one of the cases in Kenosha where the, where the social media clearly got it wrong was the, uh, the, the shooting death of Khalid Al-Kar. And uh, social media had blown up all over the place, uh, accusing the son of a very well-known uh, Kenosha Police Department uh, uh, officer. And uh, boy, they got it wrong. And Kenosha is such a small world that uh, both of the parents of the person that social, the, the people on social media are accusing are, are friends of mine. Uh, the, the, this young man went to school uh, with my children, and there were death threats there were the, the 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 revolt on social media about it not going that way and and the allegations of corruption and they all ended up being so far off base when the truth finally came out and the people who were actually responsible for it came forward uh presumably because they had to but finally told the truth and 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 pled out and uh i w- i was happy to see that come to a a a good resolution uh, as far as getting the case solved and uh, getting this uh, this this innocent young man off the uh, off the hot seat, at least on social media, but that must have really been a head scratcher for you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a it's it's it, it's an extremely challenging time to be a prosecutor or a police officer in the social media environment we're in, and that is the example of a named party being falsely accused. Uh, there were people in this community who promoted that, uh, perhaps because they had other things that were priorities of oh, theirs. Oh, there was a guy who held himself out as a, as a news outlet who wasn't a news outlet who just was pounding on it to the point that I, I did everything I could to discredit him, including uh, complaining on Facebook till they shut his pages down. Yeah, and and, and so you know we we are, we live in this world where um, a a diligent, really effective police investigation was uh, was in in many ways uh, stymied and affected by the fact that social media was so impatient. And you know you 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 know people were clamoring to get more information about who was being investigated. When's the last time that a rational person said that in the middle of a murder investigation you should tell the people that they're being investigated? You know, how is that ever going to be an effective way to, to investigate a case? It doesn't work. Yeah. And so, you know, that was the sort of thing that was being demanded. You know, people on social media were demanding to get more information, which, of course, makes it harder and harder to hold someone responsible. Of course, of course. And last but not least, and we only have a few minutes to the break, uh, you know, I, I want to touch on the Kaylee Juga case. And uh, again, because it's a small community, it's amazing how many people know each other. And you know, I see this community hurting, and at the same time I see this community hurting, I see the family of, of the alleged murder really stirring the pot on social media worse. And uh, I, I wonder where, where's all this going from a, from, a, from a social media and from a societal standpoint. I know that you would love to talk about the case, but it didn't come to its conclusion as a, res- as a direct result of the actions of that family and, and the accused and what they did uh, over the phone trying to uh, sway jurors ahead of time. But uh, that's got to be a very frustrating situation for you. Well, you know, it's extremely frustrating because we had we had spent an entire day picking a jury, and then uh, having picked a jury, you know, we were able to uh, uncover some phone calls that now need a entirely new investigation. So, so that investigation is taking place. And again, you know, I'd ask people in the public to 
reserve judgment and, and wait and see, you know, what comes of that investigation before they make any accusations about uh, who's involved and what happens. But, uh, you know, clearly um, it is something that we're going to bring up at a, at a trial in the future. And, uh, you know, it's another sign of, you know, uh, modern times and, and the idea that, uh, that anybody would feel that uh, contacting a juror is going to be an effective plan or is a workable plan is really disturbing. So, you know, we, you know it, it is important for people to let the investigation finish, uh, but, uh, you know, we uh, certainly hope to get to that case and be able to bring uh, justice in, in that situation as soon as we can. Well, I, I thank you very much for it, and I know that you can't say it, but I can. I, I think that the family of, of the uh, the alleged killer here are just awful human beings for what they're doing, victimizing the, the family of the victim and the friends of the victim on social media and, and, and spreading lies and, and trying to do it. But I appreciate the fact that you are just maintaining and, and, and moving forward, and I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, the show tonight to talk about all these issues that are affecting our community. And I, I know that you've, uh, you've done a lot since you've been here, and I look forward to you sticking around, hopefully for a very long time to come. Uh, District Kenosha County District Attorney Michael Gravely here on Get Real with Ralph. Thanks for getting real with us. Thank you. All right. Well, when we come back after the break, we are going to have Kyle Young, a musician, and we're going to have a little fun with him. And... Uh, Hopefully uh, it's been an informative first hour and it'll be a entertaining second hour for all of you. So stay tuned to Get Real with Ralph. I'm your host, Ralph Nudie. Get Real with Ralph on AM 1050 WLIP or go to our YouTube channel. Just go to GetRealWithRalph.com to watch the show live. And believe me, you're going to want to watch it live right now during the second hour because we have Kyle Young in. And I just got word that we got a surprise second musical guest with him. You know, I, I knew about the surprise guest. You and did? I, and, and I kept it a secret for maybe the 15 minutes that I knew it. Well, it, it was smart of Steve to only trust you for 15 minutes. That's all I that, got to say. That's all I got. You know, I can keep a secret for like nine minutes. Nine, yeah. ten at tops. It depends. So we have yeah. Steve Hawkins in the studio again. We do. Steve, you want to come over here and yell into the microphone? Don't a yell bit? into the microphone. Don't really yell. Yell. Hi, Kenosha. That's Hi, Kenosha from Steve. Most of them are. Most, mostly, <laughs> mostly. Yeah, that wasn't a, that was a statement. That was Hi a Kenosha. statement. Hi, Kenosha. It's no. a new <laughs> segment here on Get Real with Ralph called Hi, Kenosha. And he smells it too, man. Let me tell you. Hi, Hi, Kenosha. <laughs> 
from the DA to high Kenosha. <laughs> that coca. Good thing you weren't here when the DA was here. Holy cow, I smell you. Nah, it's not even true. It's, it's not, not true at it's all. Not even it's true. radio, people's radio it's, fiction. Uh, don't believe anything Ralph says. It's pulp friction. I mean fiction. It's, it's unreal with Ralph. Why do you think I didn't let you in on the secret guest either? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, but I'm very, I'm very pumped about our secret guest, and I will keep the secret until she shows up. Wait, now you know that you got a 50-50 chance as a woman. Yeah. Kyle Young is in the studio, everybody. Kyle, welcome. What's going on, man? Welcome to the program. Young man. Young man. Thank you for having yeah, me. How young of a man are you, young man? Uh, I'm actually 30. I hit you're the... actually 30? Well, you look young. Yeah. Man, well, 30. Yeah, hang on to that well, long. That, hang on to that long. Young, so... Ah, there it is. That's right. Remember when you thought 30 was old? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was... I remember when I was 30 and girls thought I was old. That sucked. Yeah. yeah. Then I met my wife and I have to worry yeah, about yeah. it anymore. Yeah. I could say something, Lucky but me. we're not going to because uh, this is a family show. It is, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, kind of. Kind it's, of. It's, kind of. It's, it's uh, as unfamily as the FCC allows us to be, so it's pretty much yeah, a family show. Yeah. So, Kyle, tell us about yourself. Tell us about you. Where, where, where are you from? Um, well, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, okay. and um, you know, I just live in uh, Kenosha County. All right. Pretty much in the cornfields. And the cornfields. Yeah, pretty much just. In the just, back neighborhoods, just hanging out with friends and stuff. That's pretty much where I grew up. Did you have a four-wheeler? Uh, I actually had a dirt bike. Yeah, a dirt a, bike. A mini 125. That was my life. Hey, out in the county, before man. Music, before music, oh, all yeah. I did was skate. Yeah. Min- Play, you know, dirt bikes. Yeah, yep. That's cool, man. Play in the street. How, now, how'd you find music? What, what did you... Oh, <clears throat> actually, that's interesting. Um, when I was 10 years old, my mom had a friend who played guitar, and... He showed me the guitar, and prior to that couple of years, I had a one-string acoustic, and all I could do was mm-hmm. just okay. kind of go up and down right. the string. Right on. But when he showed me the guitar and uh, I watched him play, I basically just uh, mimicked. He put my hands where they needed to be, mm-hmm. and I just mimicked the... Uh, the movements? Just Actually, it was just one chord, like a D chord, mm-hmm. and, and he showed me to move it up, and that's how I learned. There you are. And then wow. when I, once I learned that... And I had the strumming down right away. I had the strumming down right away. I loved it. And then he said, said, you're a natural. And then my mom was like, it's like the story forever. My mom tells it every time. Right on. From that moment on, I loved it. I bet you it's even more interesting when your mom tells the story, though. You know what? Moms tell the best stories about their kids. Now, now being out in the county, too, as far as, I mean, without a driver's license, (laughs) you know, well, you really didn't need too much. But uh, a lot of practice playing with that guitar. Yes. I mean, it's so just like, hours. it's not like running around doing stuff if you're in the city, mm-hmm. but once you're out in the county, right? All, all you needed out there was that guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven to eight hours a day, sometimes more. Yeah. And okay. that was like, nobody told me to do it. Mm-hmm. I just, I did it and I don't really know why I did it. I think it was just my getaway, my way to express myself. And you know, I see a lot, of, awesome. that, a lot of that's almost like a calling. Or mm-hmm. it was, it's like, you know, because I always want, I've had guitars all my life mm. and I can't play for Jack. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, but, you know, it takes the time to put in. You know, I still know a few chords here and there, and I probably, you know, keep a rhythm. Yeah. But to get down to it, what I really want to do, or or I wanted to do, you know what I mean? Then I'll have somebody with my guitar start playing it like you can play. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even want to touch my guitar anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it takes a lot, lot, lot of time. Seven, eight hours a day you were yeah. practicing? That's actually interesting, too, that you say that, because it, it can be kind of like, you can kind of feel bad if you're just 
playing with people that are just kind of starting out, it could be overwhelming to them. But like mm-hmm. everybody starts somewhere, you right. know. So I mean, like honestly, right, you could do it with the right guidance and the right, I don't yeah. know, if, right, with the right time and right. Energy well, you put it in. takes patience. But yeah, which, um, yeah, what wasn't born with. So yeah. But anyways, all right, man. So uh, you write your own music. Technically, now I do. I just released my first album on Friday, this last Friday. Nice. So and it's already released? It's out yep, there? Yep. And yeah. it's uh, it's called Kyle Young, Let You Go. All right. That's how you got to find it. It's uh, Kyle Young, can you find it on iTunes? Yeah, you can find it on iTunes and Amazon? Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, all the good stuff. I was leading you into because I saw your little link farm with all of that on there. Yeah. So. So uh, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Apple or yeah. iTunes. Where else? And for anybody that doesn't want to pay to listen to it, you can have Spotify for free, and you can just stream it for free still. Or if you have the Apple Music subscription, a lot of that stuff comes up on it. And are yes. you who you released through CD Baby? Um, actually, I I uh, went with DistroKid for the first time. And gotcha. Just, I'm I'm sticking with them right now. And They've I think most great. of their stuff also, if if you're on the subscription based service, you can get it and listen to it. And every time every time you play it and listen to it, Kyle gets like. One one millionth of a penny or something like that. So just keep playing that stuff over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, just play it. Even, Even if you're not buying it, play it. Yeah. Hey, I might be able to but buy better, a drink. But you know what? Once you listen to it a couple of times, you're gonna want to buy his. You're gonna want to buy his CD. You're gonna want to give it away mm. to friends and family because it's good stuff. I appreciate it. Well, what are you gonna start with? Something off of that CD, right? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna try a. Um, I guess you could call it an acoustic version, even though I have my electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm just going to do like a more mellowed out version of the title track, Let You Go. All right. Let's hear it. I had to remember the name of the song. They're still so new. I'll bet. Let You Go. That's what it's called. Let You Go. And and if for some reason you don't know a name, just tell us it's a cool song and we'll still listen. (laughs) All right, man. Here it goes. Strikes five, still awake and missing every moment, babe. And I'm drunk and all alone, trying to figure out just what is going on. Times are always changing. Time for me to let you go, cause I can't do this no more, yeah. Time for me to let you go Cause I can't do this no more, yeah Time for me to let you go 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 Dream. Now wake up and start living your life again There is a part of me that really wants you to stay But I really ain't got no time for love 
And I just wanna tell you everything But that was the problem, baby That was the mistake Telling you everything Time for me to let you go Cause I can't do this no more, yeah Time for me to let you go can't do this no more Ooh, baby Time for me to let you go 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 Good stuff, yeah. man. Thank you, thank you. So how long did it take you to write that? Oh, man. Such great questions, man. <laughs> um, so basically that song was added at the last minute, and it ended up becoming the title track and the first track of the album. It was added last minute, and it, was, it didn't take long to make at all. It was actually the one that I thought the least about. So but I, I must I must say the the album version is much more. There's so much more that goes into it. Right, more meat so, to it. Yeah. So you're in the middle of the making the album and you had a breakup. Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. And you know, also, I mean, I can't say exactly the details of why. I get it. But I get yeah, it. but I called it. It has pertains to that, and I hope yeah. that people can connect with that. You know, that right feeling. That, that feeling. The best songs are the ones that you connect with because oh, you, you feel something right away and. uh that one does the it's job. It's so therapeutic. Sure. It's so therapeutic to go through it and, and and to write it and to sing it and and you know, um, it's it's a healing process. Most Hell, man, it's therapeutic definitely. for people to listen to it. They have no musical right, talent right at all. Right yeah. They take it, they pop it in their headphones, and, and you give people something when you make music like that. And that that's the beautiful thing. And that's what I love about having you guys on. That's a great thing for us to remember too, because you know it's just it it can be a struggle at times, and you wonder why you're doing it, and you're wondering. If you're doing it, you know, for yourself or other people, but it is for other people too, no matter how right. much you know. Because we, yeah, I mean, it's, it's for the love. You, yeah. you you have to love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, someone, a lot of people just say, "Well, I'm going to put this out there. This is what I want to accomplish. If I don't get it to by this time, what have you?" And then then they end up giving up. But, uh, yeah, it's what you love, man. Most artists seem to have a easier time writing from a place of sadness or a place of darkness than they do from their happiest moments in life. But yeah. there are little songs that you do write during your happiest moments of life as well, and those are the fun ones. Yeah, the funky so, ones, right? The funky yeah, the ones, funky, yeah. The funky, happy ones, right? So yeah, I feel that. Take one from a... Ha- I, I want to know about... a sto- mm. I, Give me a story about one you wrote in a happy place, and then let's hear it. Okay, I got to think about it. Um, oh, gotta think about it a little bit. So um, I, I like how you're, you know, you get, you're labeled as funk, jazz, 
reggae, blues, you pretty much touch it all. Yeah, I'm trying to find myself at this point. Okay. I think that this freshman album, I call it, is like just a collaboration of freshman album. Like, I love it. It's, well, it's, I love uh, it. Well, I mean, it's, it's, can, can I steal that? So much right. information from you guys. That I just don't know how much I can really go I mean, on about uh, it. You uh, know? Just those words alone makes me just love love your sound. Because yeah. I think we're all funk, we're all jazz, we're all re- definitely reggae in me, and there's blues in me too. I think we're, I think all of us are all over the place. There's, who... uh, yeah, there's things planned. There's funky and happy things planned. This was my sad boy record. All right, good. I hope, right hope you guys enjoy it. Anybody out there that could listen to it, I hope you enjoy it. Well, the sad ones give you the therapy, though. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to play for us next, Kyle Young? Uh, to be honest, I'm in this weird vibe where I kind of feel like I want to play a sneak peek of something from the next project. Cool. Oh, because yeah. Because since this is already out, you guys can go listen to Let You Go. I might as well play a snippet, short version yeah, of fine. a song off my next project. Love we it. love sneak peeks. Yeah. It is called... Actually, there's two different names for the track. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> It's called I Wish I Could Call You. Ooh. All right. So, wait, like wait, whoa, wait. Before I know you, you start, happy. I'm going to go live with no, this. No, no. Just, the vibes are pretty happy still. Just, you know, so, so if you guys want to see this on it. Facebook Live, you're going to see it because I'm going to go I'm gonna go there, facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudy, and watch Kyle play this live. Awesome. Let's do it. Okay. Getting started. Yeah. I'm just going to sing with it. I wish you could call me. Wish that I could see your face, yeah, baby. I wish I could see the look in my eyes I miss you every day I wish I could see you Not just in pictures but in real life Ooh, baby Makes me wanna cry Feeling our love in the air tonight So I just wanna take a bye Wish you could call me I wish you could call me, yeah, yeah. I wish you could call me, ooh. I wish you could call me. Cut the loop. I wish you could, uh, come on. I wish I could touch you. Hey, I wish I could love you. I wish I could see you, whoa. How could this be real? I need something I can feel, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. I don't want to overstay my welcome, but I got to jam just one time, just one time. I don't mean no mistake. So good. 
first time on the radio. That's a melody singing so sweet. I wish you could call me one more time, yeah. I wish you could call me, baby. I wish you could call me. I wish you could. Yeah. Do you like that? Wow. That was incredible, man. I'm glad it worked, man. <laughs> that makes me that makes me wish I could call somebody, I'll tell you that. Yes, it's uh, good gosh. stuff. You just came up with that, huh? Yeah, I have a story I could say it quick. Let's hear it, yes, um, of course. I was in the studio in my house in my two bedroom apartment with my paper thin walls and my boy stopped over and uh he started kicking the drums in there and it was way too loud, but we did it anyway. The neighbors hated us so much. <laughs> and then uh, after he done got done uh, laying down a couple drum tracks, which I used on the album, um, basically he told me to open up a song, and I played it, and I played it from where I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. and then he told me to play it from right here, and then the song stuck. So when you guys hear it, man, it's, it's just one of those uh, organic, didn't even think about it, didn't even remember... Mm-hmm. How I made it, it was just like there. It's so much fun when that happens, isn't it? It was just there, and all I needed was somebody to say, yo, that's the part. It's, that's the one part. It's awesome to do it. It's awesome rap. It's awesome when you have a front row seat to it, having other well, people yeah, do it. Yeah, that. I mean, that, that, that's a process, too, when you get around more creative people as well and other musicians, you'll you know, work, being part of a band right or what other. have you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, it's like it's like being a writer. I have someone, someone else read what, you're, what you've Sneaky, been writing, you know? <laughs> yes. It's kind, of, it's kind of wild. It's awesome. So you're using a, a loop pedal, which is very cool, and I didn't realize that at first, and I, all of a sudden I'm like, how is he making two different sounds? Because I was too busy watching your hands. Smooth, I'm smooth with it. And you are smooth. very smooth with it. And, and, and I like how you play with it with the whole cut the loop thing there, and, and yeah. you pulled it all that. That made that just song a lot of fun. Huh? That's right. Yeah. Freestyle. I like it. You got more freestyle. We're, we're willing to hear it. Yeah. The, I mean, I grew up freestyling in basements for, for like $20 a gig. Twenty dollars a gig. Well, I never, I never like did pe- it to get paid. I would sit at the beach and then, and then freestyles. I would just do freestyles and I would actually roast people, um, and they would tell me to roast them. And with I'd music? Go, Are you sure? Yeah, I would like make oh, fun of them and stuff. It's dude, really not me anymore. Really? I don't want to roast anybody. No, today. we we can't do it on the air anyways. Okay. No, no, because we'd have to use better because, because I know where you might be going. You already know. Yeah, yeah. but that's Coming okay because I can I can think of some birthday parties I might be hiring right you to play. I, 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 we do have a delay button here, but you use it too much, it ain't gonna work yes. anymore. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we've had a couple. Of, we've had a couple of artists need it. <laughs> No, not not Ivy Ford though. I, no, not Ivy Ford. She, Ivy Ford is great. She, oh. she, <laughs> shout out to Ivy Ford. <laughs> That's our surprise guest. <laughs> surprise! Oh man, this is great. I'm having a great You know, time. if you're gonna talk, just get up here and talk. It's all good. Oh, I don't mean nervous. Yeah. Come on, I've never, I never, I never, I've never seen you be quiet for that long, Ivy. Yes. I know, I know. Well, when is it? Wait, 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 wait. Get up here. There we go. Wait, talk. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> when is it? What do we have? One more break before we come back up? Yeah, we yeah, doing? yeah. We do. We do have. We have one more I break. Lo- I would love to sing if Kyle Young oh, would yeah. play the guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He raised his hand. He said that he would. So this is a real nice surprise. 
for uh, myself, actually, just uh-huh. as it is, I hope, for y'all. So. And it's just more oh, magic happening oh, happening on here. Look right? out. Well, why don't you give us one more to head into the break with, and then we'll we'll cut right into the break, in the, like right till the end of your song. And then when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, Ivy Ford is going to join yeah. Kyle here. And we're going yeah. yeah. to have a little more fun here in the Get Real Zone. Woo! Okay, I got an idea. For Kyle should, Young. Should I, uh, should I just play it, or should I give you another little rundown? Uh, why don't you do both? I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Yeah. This is the first. We're having fun this with is the you. first love song that I ever wrote, and I wrote it when I was about uh, 17, 18 years old. Oh. And I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. But <laughs> there's a lot of people that tell me to play it, so shout out to anyone that wants to hear it. It's called "Because I Love You." We're going way back to the beginning for this one. This song goes out to you because I love you. This song goes out to you because I miss you, girl, forevermore. This song goes out to you because I love you. This song goes out to you because I miss you, baby, more than ever before. I remember the day that we very first met. I can't forget. The look in your eyes Everything we've been through I, I miss you so much I can't seem to go on I'm saying without you in my life My baby, you know that I, I No matter how hard I try Come on I, I seem to cry, baby You're so beautiful inside and out Screaming, I shout. Say it's for you, my baby, because I, I love you. This song goes out to you because I love you. This song goes out to you because I miss you, girl, evermore. And this song goes out to you because I miss you. And I love you, and baby, I just need you more than ever before my baby you know that i no matter how hard i try i cry you're so beautiful inside and out i scream and i shout i say it's for you my baby because i it's for you my baby because i it's for you, my baby, cause I, I, I love you. We gotta jam it out a little bit. goes out to you because I love you. This song goes out to you because I miss you, girl. Forevermore. This song goes out to you because I miss you. And I love you. And uh, baby, I just need you more. More than ever before. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
And we're back live on Get Real with Ralph and 1050 WLIP or on our YouTube channel, GetRealWithRalph.com. I am your host, Ralph Nudie, in the studio with my co-host, Jim Selovich. That's me. And uh, we have uh, we have some fine musical guests here this evening. First of all, we have Mr. Kyle Young, and then... As a surprise guest, uh, Ivy Ford dropped in. Boy, that was a surprise to me, thanks to uh, Steve Hawkins over at Kenosha Creative Space. And I just want to give a shout-out to Steve and the Creative Space because uh, they've been very helpful, Steve and Francisco, and helping us discover some of this talent so that we can help you discover some of this talent. So even though they're Mm -hmm. not official sponsors of Get Real with Ralph, they definitely unofficial. sponsor. They they're definitely an unofficial sponsoring and giving us their support to make this show. Now, such now, a now speaking of the creative space, uh, Kyle, you were saying you'd be playing at the creative space coming up soon. Yes, I will be at the Kenosha Creative Space in downtown Kenosha this Friday. This cup. This upcoming Friday. I can't remember the number, the date. <laughs> right now, I'm sorry. The twenty-eighth. The twenty-eighth. The twenty-eighth. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna call it a album release party, and I'm gonna have some hard copies there. Probably only like, yeah, four. Five. Yeah, so yeah. make sure you guys hit Get me up. Limited. <laughs> yeah, limited. <laughs> limited. No, I'll have supply. a bunch there. I'll have a bunch there. Nice. Don't let them know that. What? What? A bunch. No, meaning like five, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Get them. Get them. So, so you and Ivy all did you, did you did you meet up in the in the back parking lot there during your smoke break and figure out what you're gonna collaborate on? What? Yeah, <laughs> when you're having that cigarette Is that out his there. Name? Kyle Young. That's Kyle Young. Yeah. Well, nice to officially meet you. Hi, Ivy. I, Ford, I heard right? you, you play guitar, I'm assuming. So, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I sing you, a little bit. I heard you did, too, before. Sometimes. Have you ever played together before at all? Music? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh, there's our next no, song. I'm kidding. No, me, me, me and Kyle, we, uh, like like I say, we're, we're young bloods, you know, mm. and so we've known each other for a little bit now, which is really cool. But um, just like tonight, like everything's always impromptu, so... It's always a pleasure when we, we run into each other, either in the jam scene or when we're doing our own thing, you know, on the, on the hustle and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah. On the hustle. <laughs> on the hustle. Facts. I on am, the hustle. I am always learning new lingo when I'm hanging around Ivy Ford. I, I tell oh, you what. Boy. I mean, Ivy Ford speaks her own amazing language. It's this new language kids are saying nowadays. No, no it's not. It is her own cool Jazz kitten language that she ja- uh, Wait, no, they're blues coming to blues kitten, Ralph. Come blues on kitten. now. What blues were you kitten. doing in that back parking lot? You no, could. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're just kidding. We have to. We don't what do is... drugs, so you have to, you know, fake it to make it. Of so course, yeah. What yeah. is going? What is going on here? I don't know. <laughs> all right. So who uh, does know what's going on? Who's uh, in charge here? Uh, don't ask that question. What? So uh, what's? <laughs> Oh, Kyle's like, I want to talk to the man in charge. I, I can, I, can, uh, no. <laughs> I guess I'm the only real employee of WLIP uh, here, so it is me. Who's going to come in with the talk to the manager haircut then? Uh, find that'd someone. be you. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Ivy and uh, and Kyle, you got, y'all been talking about what you, you know, you said you're going to be singing something that uh, Kyle's going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that what we're doing right now? Okay. All right. All right, well. Okay, so let's try something. So uh, um, let's see. Uh Give me a D, D minor. Live music collaboration right We're going to try this a little bit. I've never sung this before live. Oh. Me and Kyle have never, well, we've never ever anything. We're going to try this little Amy Winehouse tune, I think. I don't know if you've heard Back to Black. I don't so, think so, all right. So give me that D again. Minor. No, not at all. So, um, da, 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 da. 
Just like that, yeah. You left no time to regret. Kept his way. But say the same old safe bay. And I led a troubled track. Our odds are stacked with his same old safe That'll work. We keeping the jazzy out. Yeah. You only said goodbye with words. You cried a hundred times. You go back down and I go back. One more again. I said, you only said goodbye with words. Caught that? I cried a hundred times. You go back door and I go back to black. Whoa. Whoa. Don't we already know? We ain't got to talk about it. Oh, when I said I lead a double track, hearts are stacked. I go back to black. That hook, that chorus. Oh, we only said goodbye with words. Oh. I cried a hundred times. You go back. again like that said we only said goodbye with words oh I go back to her and you go back to black jamming this is called we're yeah. just having a conversation this is what how musicians really talk right
That was a lot of fun. Alternate ending, folks. Oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going crazy, y'all. All right, all right. Look out. Look out. Oh, man. That's what's that up. Fun. That's what's up yeah. right there. Oh, you too, man. Just and, like we practiced. And this is the what? kind of stuff that goes on over at the at the space on Thursday nights. We were there we were there last Thursday. No, the Thursday before Valentine's Day. That, that was the Thursday oh, before right already. We were doing something for the kids. And he's doing something for the kids. Loved it. And just just watching just watching you guys make stuff up on the fly was uh Right. Having a front row seat to that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it can be crazy. I'm just glad she didn't get mad at me for the chords that I picked. I <laughs> liked them. The right it was chords. jazzy. It worked. That yeah. sounds like a lover's chord. Like, do, do you think she what? liked the drapes I'll tell you I picked? That. Huh? No, nothing, nothing. Oh, nothing. It was smooth. It was all good. No, it was good, it. man. It it's was all right. Sm- you're, it's out of sight. You're smooth as... It's out of sight, man. It's out of sight. Like <laughs> out of sight. <laughs> So's Ray Charles. Right. I feel like a total hippie now from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> out of sight, man. Johnny Bravo. I have no idea. You, you have no idea what I'm now. talking about. You got Ivy. I think Ivy knows what you're talking about. She's shaking her head. What? She's, I love head. It here. She's just shaking her head because she knows I'm crazy. She she's crazy right with us. Trust me. Yeah. Well, that's why we all hook. Right? That's why we all like. Oh uh, wait, I'm bad in all the right ways. Is that what? Wrong in all the right ways. I don't know. Is that a song? Yeah. And right in all the bad ways. <laughs> bad. Right in all, the, all the bad ways. Okay. Right in all the wrong ways. <laughs> should we, should we try doing something else? I I would love to. Okay, what should we do? I don't know. Folks, you are listening and seeing this happen. No, no, I'm I'm always. Could you imagine, like, if someone had a studio like this when the Beatles were just making stuff up? Let's see. What should we do? You don't wait. I don't. Let's just talk about why they talk. What they're gonna do. No, no, you guys don't, don't worry about us. You guys we're just, just start we're having, having a side conversation. We're having, we're having a side. No, you're having a band meeting over here. We're having an announcer yeah. meeting over here. Exactly. So, Ralph, what's happening, man? Audience <laughs> is getting a front row seat to the creative okay. process. This is That's a, what's happening. This is one of our most creative shows by far. It is. It is. And it was in, entirely by accident, which is the best part. Yeah. So Get totally yeah. real. We are completely real. So yeah. while they're discussing over there. And we have there, to thank uh, Mr. Steve Hawkins. Uh, we do. Steve, waving to the, the camera there. Yeah. Waving at the camera. Waving at that camera. I usually, Don't I worry. Usually there's nobody hooked up to any face re- re- <laughs> recognition. Facial recognition. <laughs> <laughs> the feds are on the way right <laughs> now. <laughs> Steve, H-A-W-K-I-N-S. Hawkins. And don't yep. forget Kyle Young is at the Creative Space this Friday night. Doors open at 7.30. Show starts at 8. 8 o'clock. 8 p.m. Friday. All right. All right. Are you, are you kids ready to play some music over there or what? You try now? I, I turn your mic up now. All right. Okay. It's all you. Ready? Yeah. In, uh, G, if you got it, do you play it in something else? Or is it... What are you usually playing in? I can play it any key. You can you can do it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give me a G. Some people live for the fortune. Some people live just for the fame. Some people live for the power. Yeah. Some people live just to play the game. Some people think that the physical things define 
what's with thee in and I've been there before, but that life's a boss, oh, oh, of the superficial. Some people want it all, but I, I don't, don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, baby, if I got you, baby, some people want diamond rings, some just want everything, everything means nothing. If I ain't got a you, some people search for a fountain that promises forever, yeah. Some people need three dozen roses. That's the only way to prove you love them. Hand me the world on a silver platter and white. Good would it be for no one to share, for no one who truly cares for me? Some people want it all, but I don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, baby, if I ain't got you, baby, some people want diamond rings, some just want everything, everything means nothing. If I ain't curing you, you do. Some people want it all. I don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, baby, if I ain't got you. One everything, everything means nothing if I ain't got you. Yeah. If I ain't got you with me, oh, if I ain't got you with me, baby, nothing in this whole world means a thing. If I ain't got you with me, baby. Wait, hold on, hold on now. Let me think I can do this. Baby. That's right. That's right. Oh boy. That's right. Oh. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Just coming yeah, in and making up. Yeah. It's still going. It's still yeah, like. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He's like the Energizer Bunny. So, so almost, Ivy, I, 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 Ivy, what's up next for you? What's going on with you? Where are you at next? Uh, where, oh, where am I? Let's I don't go. know.
Oh, you know what? Me and the fellas were down. Uh, uh, don't be throwing gang signs. Uh, oh, peace okay. signs. Peace signs. Hello. Peace. peace Smiles. And love. Peace signs. Dude. Yeah, no. Uh, what am I? Oh, Wednesday. No, well, Wednesday is my birthday. No, yeah. It's yeah, right. it's my birthday. So it's your, and that's uh, the album CD drop release, for me. Right. Yeah. And then um, Thursday night, me and the fellas are out in St. Charles, Illinois at the Arcada Theater up in their speakeasy. And then. Uh, uh, what the heck? Friday night we are. Oh, Friday night we hit the road to Michigan. Oh, yeah. We're, we're in Michigan. Go. St. Louis, Michigan. Believe St. it or Louis, not, Michigan. right in the middle of the mitten. Right in the mi- middle of the mitten. Middle of the right mitten. Right down the middle. The yeah. Right yeah, down yeah, the middle. Yeah. And then uh, we come back up Saturday. I say up. It's relative. Uh, up through Aurora, Illinois, where we are at the venue, and I get to open mm-hmm. up for the great queen of rock, blues, and slide guitar, Miss Joanna Connor. Oh, nice! Wow, that's that's yeah, gonna be some mojo up Sorry. in there. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. And yeah. she's gonna want to follow you then. Is that what? Well, no, or? you know what? Me and Joanna, it's very cool. When I was about eighteen or nineteen, I did a uh, show. I opened up for her in Round Lake, Illinois, uh-huh. way back when, and I didn't. I I'm I'm like embarrassed to say I didn't really know a lot about her. Um, and I opened up for her then, and then since then, her and I have become really, really good friends and, and Facebook pen pals. And, awesome. And um, she is a hashtag musician mama, like oh, my snow. Nice. And uh, she's actually doing some really cool things. She's been on tour and just cut an album with the great Mr. Joe Bonamassa. Oh, so what? there's a mojo cooking. Oh, Hopefully hello. it's working. I don't know. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> Well, there was a mojo kicking on this show, too. Come over here. I got it. Right. There was a mojo kicking on this show. It's get real love with Ralph you know, going on right uh, now. This is really, this. I never meant for this show to develop to he's, develop into this. And it's he's been getting such sappy. A, he's getting no, sappy. It's been such an honor to have really, really good musicians from, from the area on week yeah. in and yeah, week right out, on. week in and week yeah. out. And we're going to keep doing this. So if you want to hear new music, new local music, and good stuff, uh, tune in on Sunday nights here uh, from 8 to 10. Get Real with Ralph on 1050, AM 1050 WLIP or, or GetRealWithRalph.com where you can hear Kyle, you can hear Ivy, you can hear lots of great musicians. And uh, comment on it. Tell us the musicians that you like the best and tell us what you like about them and the ones that you want us to have back on the show. And maybe the ones people you don't like. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. We love them all. Or maybe people that you've heard that we haven't that you'd like to hear on the show because we, we really like what this is turning into. And I just wanted to say that before I let you guys uh, – Loose on another song because we're going to be running out we're of time. We're going to play that right up to the and top we're, of the We're, we're going to play you until it goes into the break. So right. thank you both very much for so coming on play the show. This yeah. at, we're going to play yeah. this at the top of the hour. You might want to play this without your headphones. Okay. Okay, because we're going to cut into the news, but which means the music ain't going to stop. The, the broadcast is going to stop. Okay. We're still going to be oh, on we're gonna stay, We're going to still be on Facebook Live, so come to, come to Facebook or GetRealWithRalph.com to hear the rest. All right, listen to WLIP, folks. When the night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good start. <laughs> this is how we. This is how we practice for. Here we go. When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon's the only light we see. No, I won't be afraid. No, I, I, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand by me. I knew I'd get your Ralph on this one. So, darling, darling, stand 
Fellas, this is it. Dog! 